Welcome to The Quality Horizon, a podcast produced by the IAQG for the IAQG. Good day and welcome to the IAQG Quality Horizons podcast. I'm your host, Susan Matson, and with me today is Andy Mayer, Quality Director for BAE Systems Air Sector and also the President for the IAQG. Welcome, Andy. Thanks very much for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing the, uh, the first podcast for the IAQG. That is absolutely correct. This is the first podcast. And for those of us who are listening today and don't really know what the IAQG is, can you give them a little insight? What does it stand for? Why does it exist? So the IAQG is the International Aerospace Quality Group. It exists to harmonize requirements for the industry and make sure that we deliver on-time products in full that meet our requirements so that, uh, you know, for example, you and me as consumers, when we go on our holidays, uh, we can know that we're going to fly safely and arrive ready for that uh, well-earned vacation. Mm, safety is is a huge factor here. And who is part of this system? Is it is it individuals? Is it companies? Who is this? So the IQG is made up of uh, approximately uh, 70 organizations uh, from, from large aerospace primes to uh, you know, organizations that conduct maintenance, organizations that are within the defense arena, and some organizations that are within the space arena. And really, uh, the, the advantage of having large and small organizations or contributing to the organization is that one day, one organization might be a, a prime on a, a program, another day, it might be a partner. To, to some of the other organizations. And in some instances, organizations that are members might be a customer uh, to those organizations. So uh, it really brings together the industry to be able to harmonize the requirements. Uh, and therefore, we can make sure that we're delivering value and we're delivering that value efficiently and effectively, but, but making sure that we meet the quality. So you said this now twice, harmonize. What do you mean by harmonizing? Was there something that didn't exist before the IAQG? The IAQG harmonizes the requirements from all the individual member companies to be able to publish a single standard. From that single standard or standards, the industry doesn't have to send everyone into the supply chain because we've agreed a mechanism and a method uh, that we can uh, assess uh, the supply chain against and assess that quality management system against. So that that creates value in terms of each individual organization not going into each supplier. It creates value because there's a common set of standards that we're all meeting. And then beyond that, beyond the industry control scheme, we've also introduced additional standards. And those standards, again, harmonize. So organizations can conduct it using the same methodologies and techniques. We harmonize additional things like root cause analysis, like advanced product quality uh, planning. Uh, and these types of standards are effectively raising the game in the industry in order to make sure that we can consistently deliver zero defects. Consistency sounds really key, huge, also safety. But the thing that I found most interesting is global. Is the IAQG global? It is global. It encompasses the globe. So we have three sectors. We have the, the European sector, the American sector, and the Asia-Pacific sector. And, and within those sectors, uh, we span across the majority of countries. And from that perspective, it is truly a global scheme that has 
involvement, you know, not only from those countries uh, in terms of country groups, but also from the individuals, from the organisations, and then, uh, you know, further from the whole supply chain that uh, feeds into aviation, space and defence. And from the members, who are those members? Are they are they organisations? Are they individuals? So the members for the IAQG, we have uh, three different levels of membership. We have a, a full membership, and they make up the 27 voting members. Then we have a, a associate members, which are members of the IAQG. The members of the IQG are, are made up from industry. Uh, so of those 70-plus companies, we have 27 full members, uh, and those are the, the members that vote uh, at the highest level on, uh, on our policies, procedures. Uh, we then have a, a associate members, uh, and these types of memberships may be if an organisation has a um, you know, a um, joint venture, it's not wholly owned, uh, and therefore they could become a, a member, uh, an associate member, or it could be maybe some of the smaller organisations that can't contribute as much to the IAQG vision, uh, but still want to be involved. And then finally, uh, we've got some uh, affiliate members in terms of uh, organisations that uh, that may be a division of another organisation, but still want to be able to get the visibility, uh, or uh, similarly a, a trade association for a national a national body, uh, and therefore they can join and make sure that they're still informed and involved. And why should somebody be involved? The honest answer is it's twofold. So not only do they get to be able to influence. So they can have a voice in terms of uh, you know the standards that we may develop in the future. They can have a voice around when we uh, change or update or enhance our processes and, and standards. But I think you know, secondly, more importantly, I think it's about that network across the aviation space and defence arena. So I use the the membership that we have to be able to make sure that I can see my counterparts in other organisations. Uh, and make sure I've got that connection, uh, and that allows me to, you know, conduct my job more efficiently uh, than if I wasn't part of this group. And how long, Andy, have you been involved with the IAQG? So I've been in the IAQG uh, approximately eight years now. I started as a sector member within Europe. Uh, I led the European sector for a, a few years, and uh, the last two and a half years, I've been the president of the organisation. So you've obviously seen a lot of things happen over the last eight years. Where do you see the IAQG going? So we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the sort of collective nature so far and, and that harmonization and, and the ability to set the standards. If I look into the future and, you know, nobody's got a crystal ball, but if I was to look into that crystal ball and, and determine where I'd want the organization to be, uh, I want the organization to be more agile. So we're doing a lot of work already, you know, the digital thread within the IAQG, and you'll see and, and then maybe hear some things around the next version of Oasis and a, a single balloting and publication process that we're moving to. But that digital thread and that ability to be agile will ensure that the IAQG has got a place in the future because we'll, we'll have to be more predictive uh, rather than current approach, you know, or maybe what people may perceive as uh, we could take a long time to get to market. So, you know, some of those things that we're doing, we're trying to improve that agility and make sure that we can get our 
you know, our efforts of the community out to the wider market in the, the most expedient way. And agility's really been a, a focus within the last year. A lot of things have started to come to light. Do you want to expand on some of those getting to market faster? I, I just mentioned a couple of them, and you know, it, it's to see some of the work coming together in terms of uh, our, our digital platform. So we've moved just before the pandemic to uh, Microsoft Teams that allows people to to communicate and collaborate. And at the time, people may have been saying, well, why do we need this? We've got email and it's okay. But obviously in the pandemic, it paid dividends, you know, tenfold in allowing our community to be able to continue to communicate effectively. I think the other thing I'd mention is around the next version of Oasis, so our online aerospace supplier information system. Uh, we're moving uh, from a what I'd class as a you know a hardwired architecture to cloud, uh, and within that cloud, we're providing some more functionality. You know, the user interface is clearer, and and we can click through the screens easier. So so that's really beneficial. We're also transporting all the information from previous versions in, so we've still got that search functionality. Uh, but I think. I think the thing that that really pleases me uh, and adds value is is the analytics we'll be able to run when we're in this new system. So, you know, really focusing on the future in terms of data uh, and being able to run those analytics to improve the organisation that we have. And I suppose, you know, with that, some of the other things we've been doing is is really looking at the way the IAQG does business in its in its back office to make that as streamlined streamlined as possible so that there'll be advancements with respect to you know the the, the financial transactions and and how we operate as a business uh, going forward but you're still a volunteer organization and you're operating as a business you're you, you're doing so much work bringing so much value to the industry how is that honestly all getting done i mean what is the infrastructure in terms of committees and people working how is that all happening? So we, we've got a great collective of people that, that come together and, and provide their expertise into these working groups. We traditionally meet twice a year in, in terms of a formal uh, international group that come together. Uh, and in that week, we have a series of meetings, you know, arranging from everything with respect to how we control the scheme to you know new standards that we think may be applicable in the future and organizations contribute because they see the value uh, in doing so uh, and, and making that consistent approach across the the, the industry and the, the various different subsectors uh, within the industry i think the, the other thing to bring out is as we launch initiatives we get a, a call for volunteers through the the roster the member roster so if your organization's a member uh, and you're on that roster, you'll see the initiatives that uh, come through. So, yeah, really pleased with the work that we've done to digitize that. Only a few years ago, that was a paper file that used to get passed around and, and people checked to make sure the names were on. And, and now we're in a, you know, what I'd class as a, a modern equivalent in terms of uh, being controlled through a database and uh, and, and being able to, send emails automatically, et cetera, and all the things that you'd expect to have in, uh, in this day and age. Ah, that's wonderful. But I have to say, and I was, at, I was there uh, just a, a little over a month ago, first face-to-face -face meeting in almost two years, right, Andy? How did that feel? I, uh, I commented on the time with the audience, and 
it was just so no, nice to see so many people smiling as they, you know, as they saw people that they hadn't seen for a couple of years, they reconnected, uh, you know, as part of this community, people build friendships over many years uh, as they sit in the, you know, the same teams as each other, et cetera. And so it just felt so good to be able to, to see people, to be able to to interact, to be able to go and have those sidebar moments when people were grabbing a coffee or a, a lunch and, and just have that conversation that, that gets missed in the, you know, the Teams or the WebEx or, or whatever platform environment. So, yeah, really good to see people's faces, really good to see smiles on people's faces and, and really, really good to see the output of the week where uh, Teams felt that they had managed to maximise that contribution while they were face-to-face. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So, Andy, if you were to describe the IEQG and all that it does and brings value to the organis- to the industry and to the, to the general public worldwide, how would you describe it? What's that one word that you would say that means the IEQG? I'm not sure I can describe it in one word. I know, I know you're looking for a succinct word, but I, I think I've mentioned some of them already. You know, so so it is a collective. It's definitely about the harmonisation. You know, it sets the requirements and, and produces the standards. And I suppose if I was to phrase it, uh, it really is an industry's voice. It's the ability for the industry to be able to say, this is the direction we're going in. These are the things we want. And, and we can publish as an industry and make sure we get that consistency. That's wonderful. So as the president of the IEQG, you're in your second term, correct? That's right. Yeah. Second. So in the third year. Yeah. So how, what do you see some of the biggest accomplishments to date and some of the most exciting works yet to come? I know we kind of talked about this, but if you could rephrase it a little. So I, I think, you know, a lot of people won't see this. In the background, we've done some fantastic work in terms of uh, enabling the business to operate. So uh, people just take it for granted. Uh, so, so that's a really highlight. I, I think the digital thread, digital strategy, as it may have been known, in terms of uh, shifting from individual uh, antiquated platforms onto new platforms, that sets the scene for what we want to do in the future. So, so that's been really important. The ability to get the scheme recognised by the International Accreditation Forum. So that's just going through the, the final processes. You'll see more information about that in the near future. That's an important milestone for the IAQG. But, but I think most importantly, when I look forward, I'm really looking forward to that analytic piece, that, that ability to do digital assurance by the systems and then feed that back into the teams, that data, so that we can make intelligent decisions on on how we change the standards and, and how we add value to the organisation or continue to add value to both the organisation that people represent, but also, you know, the industry and the sector at large. And that value, I mean, it does include so much human effort and energy. How are you guys, how is the organization bringing in new people into the industry, that, that early career development? Yeah, so really good question and really interesting point. We, if we look across our own individual organizations, we know that there's a high number of people that are going to retire 
in the next 10 to 15 years. The industry has a, a spike of people that will be ready for retirement. So, so we've got to look at how we bring new talent in and how we bring new individuals in. Since we've launched our uh, new website, award-winning, when we launched the website, so, uh, you know, uh, another uh, another good uh, feature to reflect on. Uh, we're getting lots of communications from individuals and other groups that we wouldn't naturally be engaged with, and they want to understand how they get involved. So. In each of the sectors pre-COVID, we'd launched an early careers uh, piece of work. Those pieces of work have been discussed through the sector meetings recently. Uh, and so I'd expect to see a reintroduction of that early careers piece. And, and what that's trying to do, like graduate programs or internships, is bring a, a new generation of people into the IAQG so that they can learn, uh, understand the processes, learn that knowledge from people that may be looking to retire or, or exit from the aerospace business in due course. And then we can build, continue to build that uh, momentum and that uh, cadre of people that can continue to carry the IAQG forward. That's wonderful. I mean, we always need to be looking forward to the future. And, and it's great to see that that is across the board, sectors as well as global. Any any additional comments, any any thoughts that you'd like to share? I mean, this is our first podcast. This is first for many to come. How would you like to acknowledge yet one more thing that the IAQG is doing to share with the industry all the good that's going on? You know, in summing it up, there's an awful lot of good work that's being conducted during the course of individuals' days, and that's day in, day out. So I would, you know, wholeheartedly like to thank all the people that contribute to the organisation, because I know that this is in often times where they've got other pressures from either their working or their family life. It was only... Last week, I was on the phone and it was 10 o'clock in Japan while people were contributing to an executive committee meeting. So we know that it's not a perfect environment. But what, what I would conclude with, it's a fantastic environment to grow in. It's a fantastic and supportive environment in order to uh, you know, increase your knowledge base. And it's a really rewarding environment to see you know the thoughts and the ideas that maybe you've in, uh, you've incubated through the organisation finally seed themselves in a in a requirement or a standard as we go towards publication. So please do keep up the good work, and I really do look forward to celebrating some of these successes in the near future. And that's a great way to end this first episode. Thank you to Andy Mayer, president of the IAQG. I'm your host, Susan Matson for the IAQG podcast. Until next time, stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to The Quality Horizon, a product of the International Aerospace Quality Group. <laughs>